Welcome to a single serving podcast. I'm your host, Shaney Silver. I started this podcast because whenever I saw content for single women, it was about dating, how to date better, how to survive dating. And I know that we deserve more than that. So I created this podcast to change the way being single is seen, discussed, and felt. And I'm so happy to have you here with me. I hope you'll also consider joining the Facebook group for this podcast. It's become a really supportive community full of people sharing stories and encouraging one another and actually meeting up in real life too. There are three main ways that you can support this podcast. The first is simply share it, share it with someone who needs to hear it, share it with your family, share it with your friends, anybody who could use a change in perspective when it comes to being single. The second way is you can rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It takes two seconds and it's a huge deal that really helps podcasters, um, get more visibility and continue to do their work. And then the third way is you can become a patron of mine on Patreon. Patreon is a platform that helps independent creators earn money for creating the work that people enjoy. So there are multiple tiers that you can join, but my favorite one is a $5 tier that comes with an extra bonus episode of this podcast every single month. So there will be a link to it below. Check it out. And in the meantime, thank you so much for joining me. Friends, listeners, people who don't mind background noise, welcome to a single serving podcast. Uh, this is Shaney Silver, your host. If you're new here, I talk a lot and uh, I talk with some really great guests and most of them are introduced to me by you. And today is no exception. Today I'm talking to Victoria Marie, who is the producer and director of a documentary called Gray is the New Blonde. And just pause right here and watch the trailer. And I think that will set a lot of groundwork for what you're about to hear. Uh, Thank you so much to the members of the Facebook group that posted this trailer. A couple of you did it uh, in the Facebook group. It is, um, I've seen the movie. It is, it's necessary. That's what it is. It's necessary. I think if you are a person uh, with hair, this is a necessary movie for you because it starts a lot of discussions with yourself and maybe with people in your life that, uh, at least for me, I, I hadn't really ever had these discussions with myself before. These are not topics that I ever had an internal dialogue going about. I saw gray hair. I dyed gray hair out. That was it. It was just sort of the natural course of business for me. And this movie makes you think about something else. And I think it's a really important thing to think about for ourselves. So I'm very grateful to Victoria for having this conversation with me. Um, And I'm going to get to it in just a second. But I do have a single serving success story to share with you first. This email came in from a listener who is also a member of the Facebook group. And she says... I just wanted to let you know that I was actually able to secure a dream of mine after two months of seriously looking for a new role. When I had a question about whether or not I should pursue a role requiring either full-time or part-time remote work, you suggested I go for it and not settle for anything less. Between your advice and a one-on-one chat I had with another member of the Facebook group, I felt more confident going after what I wanted and getting ready for this change in my life. Um, then she goes on to say, which is very kind of her. I can't thank you enough, Shaney, for how you're helping us try and live better lives. I joined this group thinking it would be a great way to have support in regards to embracing singlehood, but ended up also getting some solid career advice in the process. I mean, how fantastic is that? That email was just such a joy to receive. And thank you so much to the person who sent it in, who I know is listening, who has been listening since like day one of this podcast. So it was such a treat to get that email from you. 
And I also want to read one more post that's actually from the Facebook group and send a huge congratulations to this listener. Um, Her post says, in the last two weeks, I found out that I passed my family medicine board certification exam, paid off my car loan, did a solo three-day, two-night, 30-mile backpacking trip in Colorado, and moved myself and my two kitties to Arizona. Yesterday, I finished up the process of buying my first house. Needless to say, I'm feeling kind of rad right now. I mean, and then she, she obviously received so much, uh, just like glowing support from this group because my God, that's so much to accomplish. Um, she edited her post to say, Oh wow. So fun to celebrate with this group. You all are amazing. Here's to not waiting until your partner to pursue the life you want and believe in. I could not agree more. I am so happy for this listener for everything that she has done. I'm so happy to all of you for all of your single serving successes of every size and shape. And I'm even more excited that you want to share them with this podcast, its audience, its Facebook group, me, everybody. Uh, So thank you so much for all of your participation and uh, just for being amazing human beings in general. Uh, To all of you listening, thank you so much for your support of this podcast. It is, as you know, a lot of work to produce week after week. And anytime you share this podcast with a friend, rate it, review it, um, anytime you do anything in support of this podcast, it is so kind of you. And it's so appreciated for everyone who is a Patreon patron. You guys are literally how I'm able to keep doing this. Um, I'm not paid to create this podcast and the support of people on Patreon is how it keeps going. So thank you to all of you so much. Uh, A link to my Patreon is below in the show notes for anyone who's curious about that. And also in the past week, I have launched a new platform or launched with a new platform called Jemmy. Jemmy is essentially like Patreon, but it's not a monthly subscription. And there are completely different offerings and opportunities on Jemmy than there are on Patreon. So no matter how you want to support this podcast and support my work, you can do that. So there are links to Patreon and Jemmy in the show notes and you guys keep this podcast running. Uh, So I want to say a huge thank you for that because I love this work and I want to keep doing it. And I want this podcast to grow and get so huge and enormous that... I get to talk to Tracy Ellis Ross and Chelsea Handler. That's that's what's happening here, guys. That's what's going on. Anyway, I'm going to start the episode with Victoria. Um, I apologize for any sound issues on this particular episode. There was really no workaround for me, so I'm doing the best that I can. And I have also, um, because of the support of Patreon patrons and Jemmy patrons, uh, I was able to get a little bit of sound mastering on future episodes. So if you hear a louder sound, because I know that this podcast has been pretty quiet because I'm not so great with the audio, (laughs) Um, it's it's going to sound better for you moving forward because I'm having each episode mastered through Buzzsprout, which is the host of this podcast. And by the way, if you ever want to launch a podcast hosted on Buzzsprout, they are fantastic. Love them so much. And there's a link to them in the show notes as well, if you're interested. Okay. Now I'm going to start the podcast episode. I hope you are all staying very safe and very healthy during this time of global pandemic. Um, Don't freak out, everybody. It's going to be okay. We're going to make it. And I don't know what else to tell you. Who does, really? Nobody knows. Nobody knows anything. But we do know that we can listen to podcasts. And I'm very grateful that you push play on this one. So thank you for listening to a single serving podcast. And I hope you enjoy my chat with Victoria. My guest today is another brilliant suggestion from this audience. Her name is Victoria Marie. She is the producer director of Gray is the New Blonde. And if you haven't seen the trailer for this movie, pause this podcast 
and wash the trailer right now. Welcome, Victoria Marie, to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you. Well, thank you so much. Wow, that was a great intro. (laughs) I have so much that I want to talk to you about and so much that this audience wants to talk to you about. And I have a full list of questions that we will get to. But before I do that, let everybody know a bit about yourself, what you would want a community of single people to know as we begin our conversation. Sure. Um, Well, I guess uh, pertaining to the movie... I arrived in Los Angeles in, uh, at Christmas time, uh, December 2013, to pursue a, a lifelong passion that had kind of just been pushed aside, which is acting, uh, at a very late stage of my life. And after about a year of being here and getting very little, I mean, I did a lot of work in background work on a lot of TV shows in that first year and movies, but nothing. And I realized after being here that the reason is because of my age and my hair color. And I knew I wasn't going to dye my hair. I actually had dyed my hair uh, Christmas of 2012 and because I thought while I was living in Florida at the time, I could get more work. While it looked good, it wasn't me. And I just thought, I'm never dying it again. It just took away who I, when I looked in the mirror, I did not see myself. I saw someone I didn't recognize. Even though objectively, I could say, oh, that looks really good, but it didn't matter. It wasn't me. And then I just started letting it grow in. I didn't do anything other than put it in a ponytail and let it grow in. And then after being here for a year and seeing the writing on the wall as to what really was the reality of coming here at this late time in my life with my hair color, not that people with gray hair aren't getting work, but most of the time the women you see getting work, if they're in front of the camera, it's two types of women. The very tall, thin model, 5'10", 5'11". I barely push it at 5'5". Five, five. So, and I'm very curvy. You know, I just have a curvy body. So there was, I was so far away from that long drink of water. I knew, well, I'm not going to be able to do modeling, even commercial modeling, which I have been up against other women with gray hair who was that taller drink of water. And even though people say, well, you don't need to worry about your height and hair color for commercial modeling. Not true. I just, you know, if they have a choice between a curvy 5'5 and a long drink of water standing at 5'9, 99% of the time it's that long drink of water. And then the other uh, option was the Sophia Petrillo from the Golden Girls. You know, the very short hair, the glasses, the little scarf, the pocket. I love that show. So I know so do we. So does this audience. <laughs> I know Sophia so well. But I'm a Blanche, personally. I'm a Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I decided I got to do something that's going to put me on the map because I was not leaving. I was staying. This is where my decision and I was going to make something happen. And then I said, oh, I'm going to do 
a documentary about women with gray hair, but the way I knew about that was in the summer of 2013, I did a little YouTube video saying, hey, I'm not dying my hair anymore, the color, look, my roots. And I had so much feedback from that one video. I realized we, that was the summer of 2013. Wow, I have hit a nerve. I had no idea that there was so much interest in women with gray hair. I was amazed. And I knew I had a nerve, but I was preparing to move across country, so there was nothing I can do. Fast forward that year later, I realized, oh, that's what I'm going to do. Gray is a new blonde, because that's what I titled the video. All those, what, a year and a half prior. And that's what started me on the journey of making the movie. And that was 2015. That's when you started. Okay, I, I want to hear the process of how the movie came to be, and so does this audience for sure. Tell everybody, so you started making the film in 2015. Can you let everyone know what is the movie and um, how, did it, how did it come to be? And for those who cannot see Victoria, she has stunning long gray hair, and that's what she was referring to in her introduction for those who can't see her. Um, so let us know what, it, what is the film? I have seen it, but for anyone that hasn't, uh, what is it and how did it come to life? So the film, Gray is the New Blonde, is a documentary about the outdated views and attitudes towards women with gray hair. And it came to life because of the evolution of me realizing if I want to stay in Los Angeles and get a name for myself, I have to do my own content. And that, at that time, was a big thing. That's what they, that's what a lot of uh actors and actresses were doing. They were producing their own content. So it was kind of like, if you didn't do that, you were missing out on opportunities. But it was the only option for me because I wasn't leaving, even though of the obstacles. And so I decided this is what I'm gonna do. And it was originally from that little five minute YouTube video called Grazy Blonde that I decided, ah, that's right. It's so easy. It all makes sense. It all fell into place. Incredible. And what, when you began making the film, I actually had some questions about like how, like how, how do you make a movie? Essentially, like how do you get funding to do this? How does it come to life? I know it's like, it's not just, oh, I want to make a movie and then instantaneously it comes together. But when you, when you started the process, what were your goals for the project overall? And what do you hope that people take away from watching it? So initially, my goal was simply to gain some traction for my acting career. But as I, as the years went by, it actually just changed my whole life, to tell you the truth. It was life-changing. And what I want people to get out of it, um, really inspiration, empowerment, and to hopefully change the narrative forever, or at least get us started in changing the narrative. There is, not only is there nothing wrong with gray and silver hair on the woman, but it is beautiful. Now, does it require care and maintenance? Of course it does. Just like clothes and your shoes and your skin. 
it's not like you just stop dyeing your hair and you're free. You never have to touch it. Although a lot of women choose that route, which is fine. It's really, but it's not where, uh, oh, I no longer go get my hair dyed. So I've got all this time and money. Well, you do have more time on your hands and you do have more money in your pocket, but you still have to care for it. You want to get your ends trimmed as often as you did before. You want to do masks and treatments, which you can either go to the salon or do it yourself. Um, so just to gain empowerment and realize how gorgeous it really is. And it is 99% of all women actually look younger because it brightens as we age, our skin will change, our complexion changes. And so that is mother nature's way of, as we age and get the hair, hair starts to lighten to the gray silver, that's mother nature's way of continuing to give us a glowing complexion. Mother Nature always gets it right. <laughs> I the fact that the, the movie exists, just the fact that it exists, started so many new trains of thought in my own head, and also alleviated a lot of fears that I had had previously. I hadn't ever dyed my hair any color ever uh, oh, until wow. I think until about it was 2018. So it was the summer of 2018. It was two years ago. I started dyeing my hair. I started dyeing my gray out because I saw more of it than I was comfortable with. And there was like a big morning there because I realized I was never going to see my brown again. And I really liked that color. And try as I might, that dye is just never going to be what my natural hair color was. But ever since I started doing this, and obviously like there's a ton of upkeep that's involved in uh, dyeing your grays to match whatever color you would like it to be. Um, but it also generated a lot of fear in me because I was like, well, one day I'm not going to want to do this anymore. And I don't know how that works. I don't know how to go gray. I don't know how people do it. I don't know what is involved in it. And it, there were seeing the, the part of the film where the various ways women transitioned was such a cool thing to see because it opens your mind to so many different ways to just have fun with your hair and in ways that nobody ever talks about. You never discuss transitioning to gray when you're talking about hair with your girlfriends. Like that's just not, or maybe it's because like me, me and my girlfriends haven't hit that phase of life yet, but I had never heard it discussed. And if I had never heard it discussed, it was always going to hold fear for me. And now it doesn't because I have seen so many incredible women from every background discuss their gray hair and how they got to this, this point. And to see like, I mean, we'll, we'll get into so much of it, but it just to see their sense of joy and confidence and freedom more than anything, it just took away so many fears that I had held for so long that I now don't have because it's like, this isn't something to be afraid of. And a film like yours is teaching people, this isn't something to be afraid of. This is actually a really good time. Um, so, so thank you for making it, I guess, is the message from me. That it made me feel a lot better about what is in my like follicular future, so to speak. Well, you're welcome. And thank you for saying such wonderful things. I will tell you, Ray, it's not for everyone. It should just be a choice that 
no one has anything to say about. Obviously, you've seen the film, so you know about the social pushback that women experience, and it is awful. And a lot of people who um, haven't gone through growing out there, gray or uh, just uh, even men, they say, you mean people are upset that women want to go gray? And I'm like, you have no idea the negative pushback and the negative comments that women are told straight to their face. I read something, maybe it was this week, within the last week about a woman. I believe she said, it was in one of the groups, she went to her chiropractor appointment and he, how do I say this nicely? Basically, he sat there for 10 minutes telling her she needed to dye her hair and even went so far as tell her what color would look good on her. I mean, but this is common. That's what's so remarkable is that the, that type of thing is so common. So at some point, we need to, and I'm predicting 10 years, 2030. We, need, we will get to the point where when a woman says, I'm not going to diet ever, or I just don't want to diet anymore, no one is going to bat an eyelash. Just like when a, a, a guy starts going gray, nobody even notices. And for the women who choose not to, no, no problem, no problem, no judgment. It's just, you know, some people like the color blue, some people like the color red, some people... You know, it just depends on what you like and how you want to present yourself to the world. So um, we will get to that place where how a woman wears her hair and the color she has, it doesn't matter to anyone. But we're not there yet. So the film seems to have really taken on a life of its own because when you're making it, it's a creative process. You're just doing what feels creative to you. You don't know if you've got a good movie. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, but uh, I will say, and it's very important, gray is not for everyone. And it's perfectly okay. That's the key. I'm not trying to say, hey, your hair is starting to turn silver gray. It's time to stop. No, not at all. I would never shove this down anyone's throat. You are... It should just be uh, a woman's feeling empowered to do what she wants without repercussions. And so many women thought, as a single woman, oh, it's going to ruin my opportunities, which you saw in the film. No. <laughs> and I don't want to give away too much for those who haven't seen it. But that's not the case at all. One of the things that I liked about the film was, you know, there's this assumption that the reason that uh, we dye our grays out, myself included, is this notion that, well, I don't like my gray. And then you, I believe it was you on the film that said, well, how would you know? You've never really grown it out to see. And I thought that one of the things that this film did really well was sort of give permission and validation, but also just like the seed of an idea in a woman's head to try it just the freedom to try it. Just try growing it out. Try seeing what your shade of gray or silver or white is and see if you like that. And we never talk about that ever. It was like a huge light bulb moment when that happened. Just the, the 
the truth of it. We don't know if we like our hair gray or silver. Like I, I have no idea because I don't know what mine is. I know like what I've seen coming through when my hair grows out. And I did for a while let it go during quarantine because I'm like, well, if not now, when? <laughs> Let's just yeah. give it a shot. But it's um, there are so many wonderful like shades in the depicted in the film and lengths of hair depicted in the film, which I also really enjoyed seeing. That was my next question for you, actually. Um, just the range of style and color and the ethnic backgrounds of all the women in the film. How did this cast come together? It was really challenging. I tell you, the first time we had interviews, it ended up just, it was six women and no diversity. And I thought, no, I need diversity. I want, this is not a film about white women. This is a film about all women. And uh, that was part of the reason it took so long was because, but I actually heard the documentary, which took me five years, um, three to four years is you're doing really well, but five years is still really good because a lot of people take 10 and 15 years to finish a film. I don't have that kind of patience. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. Oh, what was funny after, I thought when I first started so naively, oh, we'll be done in a year. (laughs) (laughs) I would have, I have no frame of reference for how to make a movie. I wouldn't even, I mean, documentaries are some of my favorites ever because I love to learn, but I find that I get frustrated sometimes in reading that it's taking too long. So I like that I can just put on a documentary and learn something that I didn't know before in a way that's been very thoughtfully put together. Um, and it just feels really good to be able to to sort of broaden my, my mind that quickly. But for you guys, it takes just yeah. forever to do. But it was, I'm assuming it was a labor of love. It was. And the, so the cast, um, I kept putting out these castings. Um, Most of it was on Facebook and YouTube. I did do a casting notice on LA Casting, which is, you know, how uh, many actors and actresses get work uh, throughout the country. It's called Casting Networks, but here in Los Angeles, it's called LA Casting. Um, And so they, over time, over a couple of years, the cast came together. But it was a lot of... uh, hunting around because I wanted diversity. That was so important. And you asked about budget. There was no budget because had there been a budget, I would have gotten on a plane or two or three and traveled to people. There was no budget for this film. And so whoever wanted to be interviewed, if they didn't live locally, they had to come in, fly in and I feel so humbled because a lot of women did fly in, which just, you know, I just, uh, when it comes to making a movie, I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into initially. I just knew I was going to do this. I think it speaks to the importance of it. It, it speaks to how necessary the narrative is. That's one thing you and I have in common is we are both, changing narratives. And this audience is very comfortable with a new narrative. And I think that's why they were so excited for me to chat with you because 
we don't have to just accept the story that we're told. We can tell the story for ourselves. You very much told the story for yourself. And um, the fact that so many incredible women joined you in telling it, I think is a testament to how necessary this topic is. And I, I felt so blessed that all of these women did eventually come together. Um, and I was able to share their stories because uh, I think women have been repressed for too long. I mean, if you think about it, it's only 100 years now that we've been allowed, and I say allowed, to vote. I mean, what is that? That's a crock of, you know, BS. So um, I, I, it's time that and with the Me Too and Time's Up, okay, we need to stand our ground and take our place, our rightful place in this world as equal, not, you know, subservient, repressed. I have a real issue with that. So do I. And I also have a huge issue with ageism. And I'm, I'm just now entering the space where ageism is apparent in my life. And it's sometimes what makes me angry is that I didn't notice it sooner. Like I don't like it when I only find out about things that are messed up when they affect me. That makes me feel like very shallow and like I'm not paying attention to society as a whole, but it's hard to ignore ageism once you start to actually see it happening around you. And then you can start to see it happen to many, many other people outside of yourself and how just assumed ageism is in society. It's like, somebody could, a chiropractor can feel completely comfortable telling a woman what to do with her hair because it's gray. Like, what is that? I, I think the same thing. I think the same thing. A lot of, I would prefer to use choice words, but we'll just. <laughs> oh, you can swear on this podcast if you'd like, but okay. no pressure. Everyone else does. I do. Okay. Big balls to be doing that kind of shit. If, you, if I really talk the way I talk. I agree with you. Is it balls or is it ignorance? Is it just being it's probably a, a asshole? I don't what I don't know what he was thinking in that moment, but what I'm more concerned with is what she was thinking because that happened at the start of the uh appointment and then she had to like still see this chiropractor like what? Oh, I don't know if it was at the start or it's at the end, but oh, okay. the, but the bottom line is that we, we are in a culture where that particular person, in this case, the doctor, had no qualms about voicing, you know, that's like telling a person, let's say someone um, had a medical issue and they needed to take medication and they suddenly gained 10 or 15 pounds. I, I can't ever imagine it being okay to tell someone wow, you gained some weight. You need to lose some weight. I mean, what? Well, and then why would it be acceptable for someone to say, oh, you have gray hair. You really need to color it. And I'll tell you what, here's the color you should. That is speaks volumes to the culture that we all live in right now. And that's the part that really must change. And women need to push back Maybe it's not going to be uh, accepted 
uh, what's the right word? Maybe it's not going to be accepted by the person receiving the pushback very well, and they're going to think that woman is a bitch. It, okay, then that's the way then it has to be because going into an appointment for, a, you know, whatever appointment it is, and there were some other terrible examples that really happened to these women in the movie, which I, I won't give away for those who haven't seen it, but this is, this is not, this isn't right, this isn't good, and, and this has got to change. And so this might mean women have to take a little bit of a, you know, a hard position and say, no, this is not acceptable. And you cannot speak to me this way. And you cannot, I'm not, so, boy, you know what? I'm getting upset. (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally, do you see the sweat? Yes. It's a, it's a very intense topic because why on earth has gray never been seen, discussed or experienced as beautiful? Why is that not even an option that's been on the table? That doesn't make any sense. I'm looking at you like gray is beautiful and you can watch a full film full of other examples. And my audience is also a fan of the hashtag on Instagram, Grombre, um, mm-hmm. which is literally oh, yeah. women transitioning. And like, we're allowed, not only allowed, like it's it behooves us as women to start seeing gray as beautiful because it's not something that we would just have easily absorbed through the natural course of being alive. Cause that's not a narrative we're used to, but when you watch films like this and you see women in your own life who are living with gray hair, particularly by the way of varying lengths, I think that is so key in the film that every length of hair is represented because all we know is that gray hair should be short as short as possible because it's gray and you don't want to have like more gray hair than necessary. No, that's ridiculous. Like that was another reason why I felt happy and optimistic watching the film was that I always was nervous that when I got older, I'd have to have short hair because I like my long hair. I also have now had it in a bob and I'm a little bit more comfortable with short hair now, but I thought that gray hair couldn't be long. And I was nervous about that because well, what if, what if I want to have long gray hair? Is that allowed? And I hadn't ever seen anyone do it. And now I have, it's like, it, it just alleviates so many fears. And if you haven't watched this movie, there's a link in the show notes, please watch it. Okay. I want to make sure that we get to the questions that this audience asked you because there are some wonderful ones. They have some great questions for you. Pandemic times seemed like the ideal moment to grow out my colored hair. I've been covering my roots with a spray, so I show up to Zoom meetings without an obvious line, but I do feel concerned about appearing unkempt in person. Um, I'm low maintenance, so I'm also interested in ways to communicate that I've still got it together. And so she would like, this, this listener would like your thoughts on the transition discomfort and the uncertainty of how you're perceived during that time. Well, um, as more and more women just go cold turkey, it depends on where you live. But if you live in bigger cities, you're going to see more and more of that. If you live in a smaller town, um, I can understand wanting to cover it up in some way or camouflage it in some way. Um, But now people see women with that skunk line and they understand what they're doing because a woman going gray is becoming more and more visible, a woman going gray on purpose, 
is becoming more and more visible to the general public. But if you live in a smaller town where you just don't see that, um, there's a plethora of ways to do this. You can use the spray, but at some point your hair is going to get too long and the spray is not going to work. You could go to a hairdresser and get it blended. That's chancy because a lot of times the hairdressers just don't have enough experience doing it and your hair gets fried and it breaks off. So um, scarves, a wig, hats. Um, I personally slick my hair back in a ponytail every single day. So after the first couple of inches, just looking at me straight on, you never knew that the rest of my head was basically a, a darker color because you were just seeing that hairline on framing my face. Um, it really depends on the woman and how she likes to wear her hair. But there's just a lot of different options um, a lot of women love long hair and they don't want to cut it. And so they let it just come in. And I've seen a lot of women here in Los Angeles who've done the same. They just, they're letting it come in and their hair is so gorgeous. And uh, so I can understand feeling unkept because like the some of the women in the movie say, you don't, you know, like people wonder what is she doing with her hair? You know, when is she going to dye it? So, yeah, people can look at you kind of funny. Um, and I will tell you, that's the time that so many women hate. It's that in-between time when they feel like, oh, my God, this is just taking way too long. And I just don't like the way I look. I'm going to dye it, which is fine. And I'll tell you what happens. 99% of the time they dye it and the minute they get home or look in the mirror, they realize they made a big mistake. But it is that act of going through that entire process to really realize, oh no, I'm doing this and I don't give a hoot what somebody says or how they view me. This is for me. This is for my independence. This is for my authenticity. This is for my empowerment. And I don't have to answer to anyone else. Um, so it really depends on the woman. And if you cave and you dye it again, don't worry about it. Some people do that two, two and three times. It's fine. And sometimes that's what it takes to get to the point where you're standing firm and you feel this is it. There's nothing going to sway me now. And it becomes more of an enjoyable process. So um, I would say for the women who cave, don't sweat it. And for the woman who feels like, oh, what are people going to think? That's so common. It's so common. And you do your best. And you find little tricks of the trade in terms of whether it's a spray, whether it's a ponytail that's slicked back with gel and it's in a nice little, you know, bun in the back, you know, whether you wear a wig, uh, which I think a lot of the women I interviewed, they all had a little bit of a different story as to how they, or you go pixie. A lot of women go pixie. Now, I love short hair, personally. I used to, when I, I grew up in New York City, so any hairstyle is acceptable. I literally used to go have my hair shaved 
I used to go to a barber and leave little whiskies in the front. And my hair was uh, dark, but it was so cute. And I still love short hair. And even when I see short hair on a woman with gray silver hair, I think, oh, that looks so good. But then I think, I just love long hair in this color, in this gray silver. Oh my gosh, when a woman walks in the room and she's got this beautiful, that's how I envision for myself. And I haven't had my hair cut since COVID hit because I haven't been able to. I don't know where you are, but here in LA, everything is still closed up. We are able to go get our hair cut if we sit outside in the parking lot and they cut it out there under the, you know, boiling hot. But that's it. And I think just this week or last week, now they can have 25% of people in the salon. I mean, I haven't kept up with it because I'll just let my hair continue to grow. But I think, oh my gosh, the longer it gets, the more striking it is. But to me, when I also, when I see a woman with short hair and really styled, very chic, I just think, oh, that to me is a very powerful look. Every now and then I just think, oh, I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> But then I don't. But I love that look because it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, it just makes a woman look fierce in my eyes. She's there are so many eyes. fierce styles shown in the film and so many different methods of transition discussed, which was so helpful. I wanted to be a platinum blonde my entire life, but as a natural dark brunette, that is both expensive and difficult. So I think when I'm ready for gray hair, I'm just going to go platinum blonde first. Mm-hmm. And then just see what the grow up process is like from there. Because like, what do I have to lose? Like if all my hair falls out and I have like a super short style, then I'll just let that grow, go, blah, grow out gray. Um, right. Or I'll just become somebody who's really, really into headbands for like a year. And then we'll just, we'll see where we go yeah. from there. But it's just, you experiment and you just kind of figure what's going to work for your lifestyle at that given moment. Yeah. Um, I will say my hair was almost black as well. Very dark brown. And there were times, I did dye my hair. I dyed it for many years because I wanted a different color, not because I was worried about my grays. But I'll tell you, I never really noticed I had any grays until right after 9-11. And I was, I'm from New York, I was there. My life changed because of that, as it did for many people. And it seemed like right after that, that my white hair just came in seemed really almost overnight. And they say stress doesn't do that, but I beg to differ. My hair really wasn't gray. And then all of a sudden it was very gray. But that was right after 9-11. And I just didn't have any thought about, you know, I got to go. It was, you know, I was a broken person. My life was broken. My home was broken. The world was, so I just let it come in and that was that. But then I did diet after that. And I will tell you about dark hair, something for you to think about. If you go platinum blonde, it ain't going to come out that way. I'm just <laughs> oh, oh, everyone tells me this. Yeah, there's just no way to get this hair platinum blonde. I've had many discussions with many stylists. And every yeah. time I try to do this, they're like, they want to do like one gentle highlight at a time. And I'm like, are you telling me that I can't have blonde hair for the next five years? And they're like, basically, yes. I'm like, you yeah. know what? I'm just going to stick with brown. I'll just stick with brown. It, That's it'll turn it'll turn yellow in a split second. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. And it just won't. And then if you do are able to get it to the color you want, it'll start breaking off because you, the intent. I'll just get a wig. I mean, my whole life I've wanted hair like Michelle Pfeiffer and Scarface. Oh, I know. Oh God. The closest I've come is that cut just with brown hair. The bob is super cute on me and I love it. So that's fine. So maybe, maybe I'll just get that wig for my grow out process and that'll just be that'll just be the way it goes. Who knows? There's like there's yeah. way more options than than I right. know. Right. And now I right. know because I've seen this movie. But there are some questions that came in about the care of gray hair. So the this next listener question says, um, my questions are around the health and quality of the hair when it's all gray. The women in this video have some luscious hair. I always thought as the hair got gray, it lost its thickness, its strength, and it was dry, brittle, and thin. Is that false? Um, no, it's not false, but it's not true 100% either. It's, so some women just actually, I've heard a lot of women say that as soon as they stop dyeing their hair, their hair actually got healthier and thicker. As we age, your hair does tend to get thinner. The aging process does this. I mean, that's a whole other discussion, but it kind of goes with the aging territory. Your hair will usually get thinner and it will usually be a little less, a little weaker than it was when you were say 25. Um, but overall, it becomes healthier because you're not putting all those chemicals every two to four weeks. And, you know, the integrity of the hair now has an opportunity to go back to its original strength. So um, for some people, it is drier and brittle. I'm ha- I have a terrible problem with frizziness. I... I'm pretty sure, and I'm working with my physician, it's thyroid-related. So, um, and my, thankfully, I had so much hair as a younger person that even though it has thinned out, it doesn't matter. It's still thick. Um, but yes, it, it can be brittle. It can be dry. Uh, you want to always use hydrating everything, whether it's hydrating shampoo, hydrating conditioner, Um, But that will only go so far um, because it's what's coming, going on on the inside. Your hair is just, you know, a reflection of what your health is like on the inside. And that's why I say personally, I think my situation with my hair, which it didn't used to be this frizzy. And I have a ton of product in it right now, which you can, you can see. It's It's holding curl beautifully though. Oh, my curls. Oh, no, this is me blow drying it straight. <laughs> <laughs> my hair is so curly. It's not even funny. It's just like a, I got all these, it's, and it becomes this huge thing on my head. <laughs> I have to use a curling iron to get what you have naturally. Oh, gosh. I, and it doesn't, I would have to use a flat iron for it to be straight. And I don't use I don't know how to use them. I've always had such curly hair. I never really experimented with that. So I didn't become proficient. But for, uh, that's why I said early on, there is definitely a lot of care that goes into your hair, no matter what color it is, just like you care for your skin and your nails and your clothes and whatever else you care for. 
I mean, it's your hair, so you want it to look good, so you don't just let it wash and go, unless that's what you want to do. Um, and sometimes women will do that, and, and sometimes that's why people think, oh, great, the soap, unattractive, because they're not styling it, and they're not trimming the ends, and they're not, and you need to do that. I mean, even a woman with red brown hair, if she doesn't style it, it's going to look messy. It's not going to, it's going to look unkept. But that silver gray has, because of heavy-duty marketing in the 50s, I think it was in the 50s, that's when, but it started back in the 1800s, if you, that, in the film, oh, yeah. where women were really, we were brainwashed into thinking, oh my God, it's the kiss of death. I, I have to cover it. The first sign, I've got to cover it. And... Uh, that is so antiquated. That mindset is so antiquated, and thankfully it is changing. But this is how it started back in the 18, late 1800s, where at least that's what we could find when we were researching the movie. It could have started before then, but that was what we could find that was documented that, okay, now you want to start covering it up, and here's all of the ways in which you can do it. And then just kept going until I think it was Clairol. Was it Clairol that really, really drove with their marketing? Oh, yeah, your your life will not be this, as good if you don't dye your hair. Once you dye your hair, then you've got all the world is your at your feet. When you have dyed hair, then you have everything. If you don't have dyed hair, you have nothing. So it was that heavy duty marketing that really brainwashed us all and I remember one of the first things that I thought about before I had a movie before I did an interview is um, which you may it may be a little bit before your time but in that move in the movie wash that gray right out of my hair yep I remember that it's like it plays in my head <laughs> and I knew I had to have that in the film because this is what we were spoon-fed, that we had to wash that grape and it was ugly. There's even a commercial right now floating around with a celebrity about, oh, great, I gotta get rid of it. And uh, someone did a parody, maybe two months ago, it was really funny. But um, yeah, so the, but your hair will be, like my hair has always been curly and frizzy, but with less moisture, because that is the nature of, of gray hair, I have to work at it a little bit more in terms of putting moisture back into my hair. So it's a learning process. Do you think that the reason that anti-gray marketing was so fierce was that it was such a sure thing? Like if you get a woman on the hook to dye her gray hair, you then have a customer for potentially 50 years. And then like, her and her children too. Yes. I mean, you are just absolutely solidifying repeat customers. Oh yeah. Oh, without a doubt. And it, it, it irritates me so much that like there's this huge argument against women's beauty for the sake of profit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, we can see this in a thousand different ways, not just gray hair. It happens, it happens everywhere, right, but it's, right. you are securing your clients 
from day one. If you convince them that gray is terrible and gray is something they're always going to have, better get rid of it. It just, it makes my blood boil that they are solidifying a client for the rest of that woman's life. And that's probably why there has been such aggressive marketing to tell us just how hideous gray mm-hmm. is. It, it makes me, it makes me mad at my own, at the brainwashing I've received myself actually. Yeah, we, we all have. And there is one um, woman in there that talks about how the minute the gray started coming, her mom and her aunt took her to the store to pick out the perfect shade of brown or four brunettes only. Because, and so the cycle continues. Now, she did not have a, a girl, she had a son, one son. So, but had she had a girl, she would have said, okay, it's time. This is what we need to do without giving it a second thought, without thinking, is this the thing that we need to be doing? But, oh, yes, it gets me so angry. (laughs) You've already done so much to change that narrative and to start a really big ball rolling toward gray as beautiful. And it's, I mean, it helps that it's true. That certainly helps the argument a lot. And in watching the film, even in watching the trailer of the film, you can see how much variation and how much beauty there is in gray hair. And it it will make you angry to see how often we are fed messages that are the exact opposite. Um, But it's films like this and and projects like this and hashtags like Grombre that are challenging that, thankfully, because I really, I hate tired narratives. I hate old tired ass narratives, especially when they take women's money. That really tends to anger me. And, but the bigger, the bigger picture is that a woman feels so repressed. Um, She, up until the last five years or so, or six, seven years, she doesn't even question it. She doesn't question it, at least question it and say, okay, I've thought about this carefully. And I've decided, no, it's not for me. I've decided, yes, it's for me. But not to even have that inner dialogue with yourself to say, this is what I think is good for me and my life. Because we've been so brainwashed into thinking, oh, this is just the way it is. Sorry for the special effects there. That's okay. Do you think, because I, I, one of the things that I learned in watching the film was how much variation there is in tones of gray and silver and also um, like prevalence of gray throughout the hair. Mm -hmm. Is it hereditary to your knowledge such that if we wanted a little preview, we could think back to our grandmother's shades of gray and potentially our mother's shades of gray as indicators of what ours might look like if we were to grow it out? Maybe. And the reason I say that is um, my grandmother on my mom's side uh, so she was alive until I was about 20, I think, or 25 or something. And she dyed her hair to the day she died. So I don't know what her color was. My grandmother on my dad's side, she died before I was ever born. My mom has a smattering of gray. and She's almost 80. She has a smattering of gray just framing her face. That's it. <laughs> So, and even my dad did not have that much gray hair, but my uncle, my, my dad's, my dad's brother, Snow White, Snow White, 
So like me. I guess we never know. I'm looking at a picture of my grandmother who is no longer here, but I'm, I'm looking at her hair and trying to remember what it was like. And I think I want to say that she, so she used to go to the beauty shop once a week. That was like oh, every see? week. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if they were putting, I know they were curling it, but I don't know if they were putting color on it. I'll have to ask my mom that after we hang up, I'm calling my mother and I'm going to ask my mom what grandma's gray was like, because now I'm really curious as to what mine could be like. Um, I, I saw a couple women in the film that have what I assume mine would be, which is uh, gray, like dispersed throughout, mm-hmm. but not solid yet. And then like up at the corners, like right underneath my bangs, I could frame my face in gray if I let it grow out because right here at the corners of my bangs, it's all just <gasps> like Seems white. Neat. I don't know. That would just look so cool if it was just right here and then the rest was dark. I would look like a member of the X-Men and I think that's fucking great. I would I love just, that. We just don't think so- about it. It's like such a, it's such a mental, it's such a mental leap to make which I'm going to ask you this question now because this is perfectly timed. This woman wants to know, how do you stay the course when you are five months in and it's starting to get challenging not to throw in the towel and diet? This is where I'm at right now and I try to keep my eye on the prize, but the growing out phase is tough. Uh, Join groups on Facebook. That is the best thing. I've read so many posts over the years. I'm about to... I'm on the ledge. Please help me. And then a lot of women will chime in to help them get past that moment of weakness. Um, so, but like I said, if you dye your hair, don't worry about it because that may be the very thing you need to stand firm the next time around. So um, if it gets to be too much, don't, don't worry about it. But a lot of women will go get a wig or scarf or something. Um, and it's very challenging because like the poster, the hair for the poster, that was uh, Rosa, who you, you heard her say, my mother doesn't like it, my brother doesn't like it, my son doesn't like it, and she caved under that pressure. And then she started doing it again. And so, uh, and then once she started doing it again, I, that's when I met her, and that's the first time I interviewed her. And she just had a teeny little few inches, not even maybe an inch, not a few inches, an inch. And then I kept interviewing her and she just let it all grow. She didn't cut it, nothing. She went cold turkey. And all through the time that it was growing, which was a couple of years, her family still did not like it until it was completely grown. And they got, they, they really came around and they attended the premiere with her. They were so proud of her. And now her daughters are, they're like excited for their own gray and silver to come in because they look at their mom. She's such a beautiful role model. And so, I mean, this is what we need. We need women to be role models to the children and younger women coming up. Even the little male kids, they need to see the beauty in it. Not, (laughs) did I know that? Nobody had brown hair at the age of 50. I, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. I thought that, I just never occurred to me that someone was dyeing their hair. So I never knew that women didn't have, I just, you don't think about it, but you, then as you get older, you start thinking, she can't have that color hair. She's 
or 55 or whatever. So um, I would tell that woman who asked that question, go join as many great groups as you can and get that support that you need during a rough moment. But even if you decide to diet, don't worry about it. It's only hair and you can always throw it out again. And you know, what's the worst thing that you do? You say, after you're fully transitioned, you've got all this gray silver, you don't really like it. Okay, so what? You diet, that's it, you're done. It's not, um, but I do understand a lot of women have difficulty going through this transition phase. It's, it can be very challenging because you don't want to look like you're not keeping yourself together. You don't want to look unprofessional. You don't want to look unpresentable. And you want to look attractive and like what you see in the mirror when you're you know, getting ready to go somewhere. You want to like what you see. But um, anyway, so I would say that to her. Uh, just go, go join as many groups as possible and get the support you need. And then at the same time, if you do decide to diet, don't worry about it. I like the way that you phrase it. Like it's not any kind of failure if oh, no. you decide to, to dye your hair and, and maybe go gray again later. It's, it's not, um, like you said, it's just hair. It's- yeah. And, and so many women do it that yeah. way. They need to go through that process of dyeing it to understand how they, to, to get very firm and clear in their decision that this is what they want to do. And it's sometimes that very act of re-dyeing it and then realizing, oh no, I made a mistake. That's what's needed. So um, it's okay. She's in, she's in good company, by the way. Oh, I'm oh, sure she is. I, I really liked that Rosa said, I believe Rosa said that people would ask her what salon did that to her hair and she was like there's nothing on my hair right now at all that was really cool and she has gorgeous hair absolutely gorgeous oh Oh, she's been so blessed oh my god (laughs) she was the at the premiere she looked stunning there is on the website an 18 minute premiere recap it's a video and everyone should watch it. It was like, if you couldn't make the premiere, at least you can see the 18-minute recap. And it's wonderful. And you'll see how fabulous she looked. And it's a wonderful video. It's a, it's a fabulous video. Um, and I would say go watch that video, including the, the trailer. Because I was, will link to it. And everybody and, can watch it for themselves. And I hope that everyone watches the film as well. Because it has been such a necessary educational experience for me but but more than that it's been more like it started new discussions with myself in my own head and I think that that's such a gift that you gave to your audience by creating this film um and I I cannot thank you enough for joining me and to the person who initially shared this trailer in the Facebook group thank you for introducing me to Victoria thank you so much for being here and for for doing such a cool and frankly badass thing for for women for women's beauty for just for for our mindset around something that we haven't had a lot of uh variation shown to us about and i appreciate that so thank you and you're so welcome i'm very humbled believe me i'm almost embarrassed but thank you don't be embarrassed we love it we're so happy you made this film and i can't wait for everyone to watch it i can't wait too (laughs) oh (laughs) I do want to announce. Yes. Um, I 
almost forgot, I can't believe that. I am coordinating a worldwide streaming event to take place on October 17th with a Q&A, immediate, a live Q&A with me and the director of photography, Dave Nelson. So we're going to do two uh, screenings, one at 10 in the morning and one at nine at night to cover all time zones throughout the entire world. Um, and so the tickets aren't on sale yet, but it'll, there'll be a little intro, then there'll be the screening, and then we'll have a Q&A. Um, and that is going to be $16.99 for those who may be wondering, well, I wonder how much it is. Or if they just want to watch the film right now, they, they can't do October 17th for whatever reason, the, you can stream it right now or get the DVD right on the, uh, right on the website. But I streamed it on the website and it was the easiest thing in the world. And when those tickets are on sale, I will let this audience know, of course. Um, so thank you so much. I will have uh, information for people. The website, the trailer, the premiere recap, and the actual film will all be linked in the show notes. So thank you, Victoria, so, so much for, for joining me. Oh, you are so welcome. It's been a real pleasure. I really enjoyed meeting you. Same, likewise. Yeah, yeah.